What's up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in to the very first episode of the Cerebral Secretions Podcast with myself, Will Knowsworthy, hosting today's episode number one. Amazing. Thanks for tuning in. Our guest, Anthony Fernando, local musician, Drack of All Trades. He can produce, he can record, he can play all sorts of instruments, and he can sing like a motherfucker, and he's here with me today to have a conversation about all that's going on. But... Before we get into that, I want to tell you about the Affinity Clothing Company, okay? They make some pretty wicked, comfortable streetwear. Looks dope. You'll be the coolest motherfucker on the block wearing Affinity Clothing, all right? Check them out on Insta, at Affinity Clothing, and their website, affinityclothingco.com, A-F-F-I-N-I-T-Y, clothing. Need help spelling that? You're on your own. Co.com. Check them out. Get 20% off your first order, because why not? They're nice people over there. All right, let's go. Let's get Anthony in here. Let's have a conversation. Cerebral Secretions, episode one. Let's do it. Hey, guys, this is Will with Cerebral Secretions. Thanks for tuning in. Our very first interview, audio interview for the website. I have with me local stud, Anthony Fernando. What's up, buddy? Not too much. You were too kind. How are you doing, Will? I'm all right. I'm not doing too bad at all. Thank you. Good. So, yeah. Um, what, do, what do you got going in your life? How's things? Uh, you know, just uh, just keeping busy. Just doing my, my YouTube grind, as usual. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm trying to keep to the one one video a week schedule that ends up being more like one video a month. But, uh, ah, yeah, life happens, but yeah. hey, keep putting in that work. Yeah, um, sure. Yeah, Anthony, Mr. Anthony Fernando, check him out on YouTube. He's got some awesome covers and some really nice originals. Um, what was the one that you just recently put up? You had two. So the, oh. the two recent ones I put up, I did a cover of a song called Sweet Little Lies by a girl named Bulo. She's awesome. Uh, not really sure. I think she's from Europe, if I'm not mistaken. No, she's never, just, uh, I've never heard of her. Yeah, she just she does like indie rock, indie pop, uh, and I really dug the song, so I did kind of a like a soft rock version of that. And then Ed Sheeran did a song with uh, Bruno Mars, and yeah. Chris Stapleton, <laughs> and it was a bona fide rock song. And I took that and I was like, I had to make a cover of this. And then uh, when I did it, I realized that my cover, my rock cover, was less rock than the original version. Which really impressed me because that was the last thing I expected from those guys, but that was a good one. <laughs> I try not to. I, I try like I shouldn't be liking Ed Sheeran songs. I should just stick to my. No, you know, man. <laughs> but I can't. I can't hide it anymore. A good songwriter is a good songwriter. Yeah. Period. And I think. Uh, I think as a music community, it's good to appreciate the fact that he's someone who's out there playing an acoustic on stage, making a whole symphony of sounds by himself like you don't get that very often so no not at all and that's kind of the point around to bring you on here i we've known each other for you know a couple of years now i think and you've had quite the local career in the metal world and now you're doing a little bit switch gears once once all that went down so how about we uh you want to elaborate a little bit on that like what you started out with old sure. bands and kind of what's going on now in those worlds sure so my first band uh that I started when I was in high school was called Amberfawn. Um, and we were like a metalcore, you know, techie metalcore band. We kind of inspired by the biggest inspirations were Atreyu, Protest the Hero, and Children of Bodom. Nice. And then a little bit of a day to remember from some of the people in that band. Sure. Uh, 
and that that went on for a few years did a bunch of different stuff we had uh initially it was just me vocals and guitar and then we brought in another vocalist so it was like half vocals me and this girl named natasha she's awesome um that's what i really like there's a lot of bands that used to do dual vocals yeah. back in the day and that hasn't really gone very far yeah. but I used to get annoyed. Like number twelve looks like you. Mm -hmm. Like they're great. They got a new single out now. Uh, Ruin the smile. I haven't checked that one. Oh, dude, it's fucking amazing. It's all about like murdering pedophiles in the church. Okay. Like that whole thing has got the band so enraged. That's what brought them out from their fucking slumber. And it's like we're gonna make a new album. <laughs> we're gonna make a new song. And it literally is ruin the smile of a pedophile. And the music video well, is fucked up. If anything's gonna inspire you. <laughs> yeah I'm, hey, yep. um but yeah like the dual vocal approach coming from that type of music always kind of it was very hit or miss for me but then when right. you hear bands like circle takes the square that was kind of in that same realm and they started doing a little bit of dual vocal stuff with female on the others i'm like now this is what i'm talking about mm. you don't just need two guys screaming into a mic that's horse shit yeah but dual track one motherfucker <laughs> yeah right for real you have to have two very <laughs> distinct voices so having like a uh like male female register and they're really awesome yeah that was something that i i we had and i miss it now uh because i feel like we could have utilized that more than we did does she still sing have any uh, projects just by herself like she doesn't do anything mm -hmm. in the scene uh i wish she should i wish she did because she's she's pretty dope but um yeah after that like basically we split it up so we'd harmonize each other and then i do the screams and she would do the leads um and then after that we went on uh, to do a version of Amber Fallen where I was the lead vocalist again uh, after she had left. And then that took a pause and uh, I joined a band for about a half a year called Death Point, which is a local groove metal band from uh, the southwestern Ontario. Everyone in that band was from like Oshawa, Toronto, everywhere, Simcoe. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I did that for about a half a year and that was a lot of fun. I was just guitar in that band. And that band was made up of... Some um, people from other notable yeah, groups, right? Yeah, uh, Odium. Uh, now you might know them as Atria. Yeah, half, yeah. half the band came uh, came and became uh, Atria. Uh, those guys are awesome. They're, they just put out a record. Uh, you guys should definitely check that out. Those guys are good friends. And uh, that band was a lot of fun. Death Point was cool. It was We, we went on tour a little bit, and we did a... Like to do like a local circuit type of thing? We or? did at least Southern Ontario up to Quebec. Uh, and then back down. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. That's pretty common route yeah. for most of the bands around we, here. We hit right? the we hit the big cities, right? The cities that have big scenes, of course. And um, Montreal is always really receptive. Peterborough, Peterborough was a lot of fun on that tour too. Um, I don't think I've ever been to Peterborough. It was cool. They uh, one of the bands there. I forgot what name they were. They did this thing where we had a giant tug of war in the pit <laughs> from one end of the bar to the other, and I'll never forget it. That was a most interesting, interesting show experience for sure. I giant tug of war the, yeah the, so, venue, the venue was long people from peterborough might know the name of this venue i can't remember so it was a long venue and they had basically uh, a rope that they bring to this one brand band would bring to every show and they had it from the, the length of the venue uh and just the tug of war and then when it collapsed it became a pit and it was just a ton of fun so everybody who was at the show participated in a giant tug of war almost like uh in the same vein of like a wall of death where you just have basically, two teams of massive people. Basically, yeah. And then yeah. when everything goes to shit, then it's just... Blah, blah, blah. Basically, yeah. It was, it was a great time. <laughs> Sounds like a load of fun. Yeah, I'm going to start doing that at shows. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, after that... Moment, oh, I can't... I guess you can't really do that down on uh, at Absinthe. Someone will go into that fucking pillar and oh, break their skull open. Oh, stupid pillar. 
<laughs> it's a lot of fun to look right into a pillar because that's center stage if you're that's enough anyone from Hamilton or from the area who's ever been to Club Absinthe man I love the people I love the bands that they managed to yeah. pull in there I saw Unearth play there with Fit for an Autopsy yeah. in this tiny club not even but last year Cryptopsy I think played there too Is it, yeah. yeah Cryptopsy he was windmilling yeah. and it was hitting the fucking the roof of the oh the balcony God. and the floor because the guy's hair is so fucking long and the yeah. ceiling is so low just before that's it goes out onto the stage that's Cryptopsy that was Cryptopsy oh yeah God. that was a great show that place sounds great yeah. and the venue the shout people who go there the, shout out to Steve Haynes for that he, he knows what he's doing fuck yeah it's great just that pillar dude yeah I know it's a load bearing structure you can't do fuck with it but everybody <laughs> who hasn't been there if you ever go to Absinthe just be careful look out for people you know yeah it's a load bearing structure it's right in the middle of a low ceiling kind of sucks dick but, but you but know what it's what we got in Hamilton so <laughs> just roll with until it. there's better Ah, there isn't a really good show until someone cracks their head open anyway. That's true. That's true. Fuck, I went to see Meshuggah. Uh, they played with Baroness and Decapitated. I wow. can't remember how many years ago that was. It was it was a time. I think that like that was before Baroness's big bus accident. Mm. So I'm pretty sure it was the yellow-green tour schedule. Um, That's a tour that wouldn't happen today. <laughs> Meshuggah would only... It only goes on tour with gen, like gem bands nowadays. That's just it seems that way, yeah. Right? But like they also not not to any fault of their own. It's just kind of how it's. Did gone. you know way back in the day? And I didn't even know this until I heard Thomas Hawk or Hawke, whatever he calls, uh, in an interview about like what bands he's toured in the past that they want to tour with again. And he said mm. Tool, and I fucking shit myself. Oh. Are you seriously telling me at some point in my lifetime there was a tour with Tool and Meshuggah, and I was unaware of it? Where was I? Do I have to go back in time and kick my own ass? Jesus. Fuck. Get on a plane and get to that show if it's not nearby. Christ. Ugh. I'd love for that to happen again. Hopefully when Tool burps out that new album at the end of next month, you know, that I, might happen again because Meshuggah's on a new album writing cycle. I know that. I, I wouldn't doubt it. I mean, that would be cool. Two titans of the opposite ends of the prog metal spectrum. Yeah. Co-headline that bitch. Yeah, for sure. And don't bring out an opening act. Just the two of you. Each no. play for two hours. Fuck off. Yeah, just split, <laughs> split it. So one night is Tool, one night is Meshuggah. I'm being really selfish. I'm asking a lot of those guys. You know, I, I'm also asking it. So it's <laughs> totally fine. Just you two. You both play for fucking ever. Yeah. Don't stop. And somehow let Frederick Thorndall play John B. Live. Imagine. Yeah, that'd be a great tour. Anywho, not about that, but we're talking about Anthony Fernando. Right, so I guess pick it up from there. Yeah, we got sidetracked there, but that's okay. Follow along. Everybody loves Meshuggah. Moving on. So yeah, after Death Point, we, I, I left basically just, uh, <laughs> you know, I, it was the band and I still get along really well, but just difference of opinions and how it should oh, plus go. when you're so young right, right. You're, you're, there's so many different influences coming at you you're always discovering new music yeah i remember when i first heard kill switch i was in some band with my not even a band i can't even say that i never played a show a bunch of we were a bunch of kids in the basement like my buddy i worked at a gas station with high school he's like i play the drums i know a guy who plays guitar you should be in a band i'm like i don't play an instrument he goes, i don't know you need a bass player i'm like okay i guess i'll go buy a bass and that's literally what fucking happened i bought there a bass go. i saved up my money and to this day i'm still a bass player that's, um that's it was kind of funny but we were you know these little shit kids and we kept listening like atreyu mm. uh uh what was that first the fucking first album they oh, came suicide out? notes the first like suicide notes and butterfly yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 so there's that which i was in love with yeah uh obviously um the curse is my shit yeah that's good that's great curse is great that was my favorite one yeah um and uh like kill switch and like unearth mm. and all this stuff was coming at me so quickly mm. 
while I was coming out of my punk phase and trying to start this little band. And I'm like, now I don't know what to sound like because I'm discovering, wait, you can sound like that too. Wait, that sounds bad. Fuck. Yeah. And eventually yeah. everybody's growing up and trying to figure their shit out. So, yeah. um, very seldom do high school bands turn out to be the, you know, the big motherfuckers. Usually yeah. they, they fall apart. That's kind of, that's kind of like the, uh, what would you say? That's almost like the rite of passage for a band. I think right? so. Like you have to, you have to really, really suck. Before and, you can... Well, that's anything. You have to yeah. suck at something before you're good at it, period, right? It also helps you find what you want to do, right? And well, that's... Yeah, man, exactly. The more you play... Like, I used to play with anybody. Yeah, you want to jam? Sure. What are we playing today? Oh, let's learn this song. Cool, sick. I don't know what genre it is. I might not even know the band. Let's play. Yeah. And then as I got older, I started to be like, okay, I'm only going to play what I like as far as yeah. a professional thing goes. Then I realized maybe that's not what I want to do. So, right. fuck, I'm 32 yeah. years old. I don't know shit. No, man, I, I, I totally feel that. Like, the first band, Amberfawn, started out as, um, I mean, I was jamming with some of those guys back into elementary school. I mean, a, a death metal band in grade eight called Hands of the Reaper. A grade, an eighth grade death metal band? Right away, I'm impressed. Right? And it was it was hilarious because we we're all into, Ooh. nice. <laughs> we we're, we're into Children of Bodom, uh, Arch Enemy and uh slipknot and somehow we came up into like a death like real death metal like i listened back to those songs and i'm like that would definitely still qualify as death metal um and then we went into high school and we all played like you know we were jamming out to zeppelin and metallica covers and like real big fish and like just running the gamut of different kinds of music fuck yeah real big fish is great because i feel like we skipped a lot we skipped over a lot of that learning music and just went right into death metal um, <laughs> which doesn't happen often <laughs> usually you save that for black metal yeah honestly <laughs> no offense we're just dicking around here just yeah. joking but yeah no it was great and then uh after like late high school some of the guys stuck around and we became amber fallen but yeah after amber fallen and then death point i met up with uh i was kind of mixing my own thing around and i was trying to focus mainly on vocals because I always felt like I was a subpar vocalist and guitarist was my main thing. Mm -hmm. So I met up with guys um, in a band called Paradise Falls. And that was like... Like, para like Paradise, like... Like a Paradise Fallen? Yeah, like you're playing D&D &D and you're yeah. like a Paradise Falls on the board. What do you like, got? Snake Eyes? Exactly. Fucking Jerome 20 and kick its ass. <laughs> That's cool. It almost sounds like Paradise. Like, Paradise is falling. Oh yeah. my God. But really, you're just like, now we're a bunch of D&D nerds. No, it's not that at all. So it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's a paradise waterfall is what it is. Of course. I'm or just paradise was falling. I actually never really sorted that out. I didn't name the band. Either way, I dig it. <laughs> Any yeah. one of those three reasons yeah. for having that name are valid for me. I don't care. <laughs> but yeah, that band was uh, that band was fun. That started out as a, like a local project that became two different bands. One was Paradise Falls and one was Last Scattering. Uh, and I went with Paradise Falls for about a year. And then I went to university, uh, and when I was in university, I got recruited for the other half of that project, which became Last Scattering. And I quickly realized that I could not do two bands uh, with being in university three hours up north. Congrats and for doing one band and being in university. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Congrats on just doing university. Shit. Well, thank you, man. Thank you. That was <laughs> yeah. That that was definitely a struggle. But no, coming down, I um, Last Scattering was already playing shows at the time. There, they had just played with Cryptopsy and. You know all these big bands, and I, uh, I. Well, scattering got to play for Cryptops. Yeah, yeah, that that was that show that you just mentioned. It was actually it was Scattering was on that bill. 
So I saw you guys play shows before I knew who that you was, were. That was right before I joined. Oh, okay. when I joined, Shit. my first show was with Cancer Bats. And I hadn't played a real show in a while. Like, I played... Cancer Bats. Right? I played with Death Point, but we had done... Most of the shows I did with Death Point were local headlining shows. Yeah. Uh, and then with Amber Fawn, that the last bigger band I played with was Dead in the Vine. And they're not super huge, but, like... John, hey, man, for the 905, they're nothing no, to sneeze at. No, not at all. They're they one, did pretty well. They're one of my favorites, and they, they were underrated as hell they should have been way bigger in that metalcore scene i think but uh oh buddy's got uh, uh what's the new project uh, oh matt tobin uh, ritual. ritual yeah ritual's pretty awesome yeah. so anybody who's a fan of dead and divine who doesn't know about ritual now you do you're welcome yeah exactly also check out matt tobin's art mm. he's a fucking hell of an artist that is true um and the voice of a fucking angel for sure <laughs> man I, a fucking like the type of angel that literally fucks you yeah, yeah you wouldn't think you're walking down the halls past the pearly gates you just gotta go take one of those ethereal pisses and he fucking muscles his way into the bathroom with you <laughs> fucking angel coming to get you man I don't even know what to say to that no that's an, I, ac that's an accurate description no I don't know why I open my mouth sometimes continue with your story sir man but yeah he uh so that was the last bigger show that we had played and then joined in with scattering and my first show was cancer bats and i shit the bed to the to the nth degree but the guys are patient and i kind of took my time getting into the swing of it because those i mean I, I went from like three and a half minute metalcore songs to uh you know four minute groove metal songs and then into like 10 minute prog opuses that i had to try and whittle my vocals around and it was such an odd experience to learn that um so that took me a little bit of time but that became my my uh one of the most important musical things i ever did was that band and i'm super thankful that i got to do it um because i i mean i had the pleasure of playing with like texas in july uh like i said cancer bats um you know just i've never seen cancer bats live could you fucking really? believe that really i've lived in every major city in this damn province almost well in southwestern ontario at mm. least and for whatever reason i love cancer bats don't get me wrong but for whatever reason whenever they've been around i just it's always been a missed opportunity for me one that way sucks. or another i was either not in town or i was fucking dead broke or mm. no one wanted to go and i was a little alone or didn't want to go by myself dumb shit like that sure fuck i don't care now though. i'll go to concerts and movies alone mm. i'll go to the movie theater alone fuck i don't care that i just rather that that's a sign of being you know on the better half of <laughs> like your early 20s and late teens I would, dread, I would dread the idea of doing that. But now it's like, okay, a movie without the distractions? Hell yeah. yeah. Let's go, you know? Exactly. But, you know what they need to have in movie theaters? They're going to give you those fucking, what, two-gallon pops? <laughs> Just cut a hole in the seat and get some plumbing in the motherfucker so I don't miss the scene. Bruh. You know how many parts of movies I have to wait till it comes to Netflix or DVD or whatever the <sighs> motherfuck so I can watch that one part where I have to go fucking... That's, that's the uh, growing up too fast bladder... That's the just don't order the large pop, you fucking idiot. That's no, what that no, is. No, no, you gotta have the large pop. A large pop, a large popcorn. Yeah. Especially, well, I, I order my movies, theater snacks based on the duration of the movie. Sure. That makes right? Sense. So if I'm going in for like an hour and a half action movie, I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, yeah, I'm just gonna have like a little bit because I don't really need to invest in a lot right. of time. But like the new Avengers. Right. The Lord of the Rings, like all these big, long, epic movies, the Star Wars movies, or just any movie that is probably like two plus hours, I'll get the big fuck off popcorn. Oh, yeah. And I, for me, it's like, I get it because... My Even though the last one third of the bag ends up on the movie theater floor when I get Every it. time, no matter how... Well, here's the thing. See, I go with my lady, and my, my lady absolutely loves popcorn from the movies. Like, she... Ed is her favorite part of going to the movies, is getting the popcorn. Buy her a popcorn machine for her house. Oh, no, no. bitches are cheap. We did. They're not the same. 
We will go to the movie just for popcorn. Right. I'm not a huge popcorn guy, but she loves it. So we'll, our bag of popcorn will be finished, guaranteed. And we just did that with uh, the new Tarantino movie. Oh, I haven't seen that yet. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? It's It was a lot of fun, but it is a, you know, you got to set your expectations for it. It is a relax and have a good time movie as opposed to this deep plot kind of movie. So yes. Tarantino took a bit of a... Tons of liberty. You know? oh, okay. It's interesting. It's very Tarantino. Though. So if you like Tarantino, you'll love it. Oh, he's my favorite. There you go. Yeah, see? Cool. That's something to think about. But um, when, uh, with Last Scattering, how many, um, you guys had two albums? Two. One with me and one with the previous focus, vocalist, Ryan Summerfield. And you weren't involved in the band when he was in it, right? No, I joined, that album came out 20, late 2013, and I joined in 2015, April. Well, February, February. Yeah, February 2015 is when I joined, and the first album came out at the end of 2013, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Is that first album, like, how would you compare the two? How would you compare the first Scattering and the second Scattering? Man, see, I was a fan of Scattering, because um, we had played a bunch, like, when I was in Amberfall, and we did Ever Fourth Rate, uh, and Intervals and stuff with Scattering. That was a good time, um, and I was a fan of the band at the time of the release of the first album. Oh, was that the, uh, hello, yes, this is Prague Tour. Hosted by yes. Heavy Blog is Heavy with an Android Echo Star? No, 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 that wasn't it. It was, um... Because that was a fucking tour. Ever Fourth Right Intervals. The, the tour poster was purple. That's all I remember. Ever Fourth Right, and then, uh, uh, there's another band on there that I'm forgetting. I'm so sorry. Uh, yeah, but okay. yeah. That, that was a good time. That was a good time. I hope Ever Fourth Right puts out some new material soon. That's Yeah, cool. for real. Beretta looks like he's at a monuments, come whatever may. That's just the fucking way she goes, so let's go yeah. do some weird jazz shit. I hope. Yeah, honestly. But yeah, no, I was a fan of the guys. So I, what I realized out of that band was that it was really frenetic and like um, just aggressive raw prog that was like taking the really angry parts of BT Bam and just turning it up. And just the production wasn't it wasn't bad production. It was just really raw production. And uh, and I want to make that clarification because I was gonna say some people say, oh, it's just rawly produced, and you're like, no. I think no. The, the guy <laughs> that produced it knows what he's doing. It's Steve Haynes. But he, he oh word yeah yeah but he just he turned the raw up and it was such an aggressive album and I love it right um, but the vocals were really the big difference because Ryan was uh, like you know he did screams first and foremost and I I come from singing first so when he did that album it was an aggressive mainly metal album um, with mainly screams and then you know cleans kind of thrown here and there. Mm -hmm. When I joined in and we did the, we started working on the Deuce, which is the second album. The uh, Deuce. The Deuce, yeah. Dropping the Deuce. That was the name of our album release show. Um, <laughs> yeah. It, the thing is, the album was, the album itself was so dark and like depressing. But it's good. Thank you. I, uh, I very seldom. I before not to cut you off. No, I'm also, course. you know, I'm gonna jerk you off a little bit here uh, there you go. because. Very seldom since the gent movement has made its stamp all those years ago and all these bands started flooding the local scenes again because mm. I was part of that. I heard that sound and I was like, the fuck is this? This is exactly what we need. Yeah. Um, there's actually going to be, I don't know time-wise when this interview is getting released, but I do plan on doing a big article about gent, what it is, sure. what it became, how it's being utilized and blah, blah, blah. I'll talk a little bit more on that. And, and, it, um, and it was very important for the scene. Sure. It is, yeah. But a lot of times bands just kind of went with it and they didn't really pull a whole lot of stuff off in the same way that like 
we grew up in high school listening to like the kill switch engages and mm-hmm. and the the metalcore scene now right. you have all these high schools high schoolers whose influences like you know periphery and and polyphia and who polyphia oh polyphia yeah yeah, yeah. fuck fuck right they're great mm-hmm. all these guys so like the high schoolers now they're those people who are looking for that left of center metal whatever music are getting fed the version that we had but injected with all this like yeah the yeah. steroids of prog and then they all tried to be like well i guess this is what we try to write and now all these little kids like little kids i shouldn't say that that's wow. not fair. way to age us <laughs> yeah yeah i'm uh, i'm not young um all these uh all these younger you know high schoolish type of folk you know young 20s they start out a band they all not they all, but there was this obviously a big uprising in that sound. And what came with that sound wasn't just the gen, like the the sound itself of the guitar, but like all the technology that has evolved from mm-hmm. that scene. You can almost trace back, like all these cool digital effects and guitar pedals. All these companies work on this stuff behind the scenes, but once the whole gen movement pushed everything out, these techno these guys, were like yeah, let's adapt, let's go. Like DAWs and like electronic, that really evolved. Yeah. I shouldn't say because of Gent, but let's say parallel to Gent, I guess, would be more it definitely of a fair. push it along. Just time-wise. These companies were yeah. coming out with the right type of stuff and you know everything was utilized. And very seldom does a local band who's kind of new-ish to that type of thing pull it off as well as I heard Last Scattering pull it off, especially Thank with you, the man. Deuce. Thank to you. be fair, I didn't know Last Scattering's first album because hmm. obviously I met you through our old work and you yeah. know I had to train your ass and that's how <laughs> I met you. And you're like, yeah. hey, I'm in a band. <laughs> oh, cool. I love bands. What band are you in? And then you said Last Scattering, and I just saw you guys play right. Open Up for My Homies and Mandroid Echo Star. Right. Shout out to all y'all motherfuckers. Um, and I was like, holy shit, I saw you guys play shows before. You guys are pretty good. You know, your record's great and blah, blah, blah. And uh, Very little do people really come out of the gate that hard. Like, it's not a 10, but, you know, it's not well, a 3. You. Fuck. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, that, I think our mentality around prog was that we didn't want to stereotype prog so we went into it and we um like we just kind of injected our we injected like our types of music our influences with like what we thought prog should be which is kind of the most prog way to do it right is kind of to make sure it's still being progressive so i think our idea behind it was you know take technology to do things like uh, we didn't really automate much, but we had a full Axe FX rig. Everyone mm-hmm. was running Axe FX, and then the drummer had the in-ears, so he could check his, uh, his, his kick in the monitors, but we didn't actually run a click or anything like that. Like We had, uh, we were as techie as we had to be in order to kind of pull it off, and then we kind of were also a rejection of that in the sense that we really wanted to be analog, and we didn't play live to a click and things like that, right? And that was kind of um, what we our version of prog and the thing going into that album with it um i just remember the jam sessions with scattering which is something that obviously no one else saw were always like it just we you'd always end with a weird mood because we'd always end on the song the loss which if anybody's heard the album it ends check it out on spotify it's still up (laughs) it is yeah it, it ends pretty dark like it's really depressing and the music like we really loved it but that was kind of the big difference from the first album to this album was that we, it was such a huge like mood shift. Yeah. Right? And going into that, um, I focused really on trying to amplify the depressed mood of the music. And then it kind of ended up just almost depressing all of us by the end. Like, <laughs> we all, I, I mean, 
I don't want to say it broke up the band because it definitely didn't, but it didn't help. Like when, when tensions would rise and we had this music that we were listening to and playing every day that was just super sad and it was just, you know, we ended up, it really injected it with like a mood in the band itself, but I feel like that kind of amplified the art, right? So it was... Almost like a method actor. Yeah, it was like a sacrifice for the art. Uh, it sucks that we ended up parting ways, but uh, that album though is like the most important thing I've ever done musically for sure. Yeah, it's a great album. Everybody go check out The Deuce by Last Scattering on Spotify. Thank you. It's still up. When did that album come out? September 2016. Oh, it's got some years on it already. Yeah. It's coming up on uh, that, the that third year. That launch show, man. That launch show when we put that out. Oh, man. Like, I just I got to say another thank you to everybody that came out to that three years ago. That <clears throat> You guys literally tore the roof off the absinthe. Like, I remember... Ceiling. That's why they had to put in the pillar? Yeah, no, not the pillar. <laughs> not this. You said pillar. literally tore the roof off. No, but like in the pit. They literally did not there tear was the roof, roof off. There was roof, like the ceiling panels, I should say. Not the roof, the pa- uh, ceiling. The ceiling oh. panels, there's a hole in the ceiling. People say literally way too much. I literally say it too much. God damn it. <laughs> but no, man, like there was people jumping up and there's ceiling panels falling off and I... It was, it was amazing. Oh, the promoters are pissing themselves. The guys <clears throat> who own the bar are like, Jesus Christ! But yeah. you know what? It was a lot of fun. Yeah, so that band, uh, that was the big one for me. That was a lot of fun. That's awesome. Yeah. So that kind of closes the chapter on Last Scattering, and, and you mm-hmm. kind of made a a business move after that? Like you went into yeah, I finished a bit up. of a musical break before you decided to take up the, the, the YouTube Yeah, so mantle. like I was still in university, and then I was kind of realizing that I only had time to dedicate myself to one project. So I spent some time doing some on my own, uh, like metal and then I did a bunch of acoustic and a bunch of R&B and I just kind of got my feet wet and everything because I got being in Last Gathering I learned that, that band forced me how to become a singer right like I felt like I was an okay singer going into that band but then I never really felt capable until I left the band and then when I was done I was like okay you know I'm okay at these things I want to try my hand at different genres because it's been metal until this point mm-hmm. uh, so I ended up kind of sinking my teeth into R&B and acoustic uh, more than anything. And then I still do metal too, cause it's my main thing. But, uh, nowadays it's just, I'm putting out pop punk and acoustic and R and B and just getting my feet with that. So I started up on YouTube again that I had put on pause. It's called Anthony Fernando. Um, and I just started busting out, uh, like, and subscribe folks, <laughs> please. Cause you know, that, that, that is a grind in itself, building up YouTube, a YouTube channel. But yeah, the, the main grind after that was putting up like pop punk covers of pop songs or like heavier po- covers of pop songs. Yeah. Alternate re- alternate renditions. Of, alternate yeah. renditions. You and know. you're a, and speaking on that, you're an everyman, right? You sing, yes. you play guitar, you do the bass for it. The only thing I don't do is the drums because I can't. <laughs> I tried so hard, but I cannot, <laughs> I cannot separate my feet from my hands. And it's just, that is a one day. Oh, even when I can't play drums for fuck, man. And like, even when I'm trying to program drums, on like whatever garage band or something hmm. i'll uh i'll end up playing and someone will listen to it and be like dude octopus can't play drums like there's no <laughs> fucking way oh that's so true you can hit all that stuff at the same yeah. time i'm like i know i know but because i'm just here sitting on my ass i might as well indulge and go and, mental you know actually another thing that adding yeah. under what you already said before was that one of the the things that gent did to the scene is guys like misha mm-hmm. and having to program his drums even though he was a drummer first, the drums he's writing in into a sequencer are, are going to be a lot more complex than he might have been able to do right off the bat. 
or some people might be able to do it right off the bat. So I feel like, but not too complex enough where they're unlearnable. That's exactly it. It's to, right to the point where it was unlearnable for some, but it wasn't as a whole unlearnable. It was just such a boundary pusher for people like to learn drums. And I feel like the drumming in music has gotten so much, it has advanced so quickly because of how much opportunity there is to write ridiculous drums in Superior Drummer or Garage Band or whatever. Yeah, I find the expectations of musicians when you start a band nowadays, at least for people who grew up like us in that, in that, well, I didn't grow up in Gent. I was like in my fucking 20s. When it was new uh, and exciting, it kind of like unconsciously made everybody expect more out of their yeah. fellow musicians, right? It's like, because exactly. now all of a sudden there's these bands. They're, the, they're not that music is a competition, but for lack of a better word, let's just say all these people are looking up to like the peripheries that are coming mm. out of the world, you know, and yeah. you know, Monuments is one of those uh, huge ones that came out of the gent scene and one big band in the gent scene that I want to give a big shout out to that I think is underrated is Uneven Structure from sure. France. Sure. They're fucking great. They got a new album coming out in the next couple of months too. Um, they're rad. But yeah, all these guys are utilizing it in different ways and it kind of, with all the digital things at our fingertips, it did. It kind of, even in my head, I'm like, oh, if I can't, you know, I want to be in a band like this but I want you know, this sound and like, I want to be able to play like that. And I want to be able to like eventually play with periphery or mm -hmm. whoever. It's like, well, they're the competition. They're the, they're the, I guess the trendsetter yeah. or the bar, the bar setters is probably yeah, better to setter. say than competition. Music is not a competition. It's a collective of ideas. Please everybody who listens to this. If you only take one thing away from this interview, it is that. Hmm. Okay. It is not a competition. Music is not a competition. It's a business, but it's not a competition. It's just a massive collection of ideas. Yeah. Get in it, collaborate, network, everybody be friends. Do you hear that, Jamie Jasta? Talk, stop talking shit about people. Mm, the churches thing? Oh, my God. What uh, are you, uh, they're both kind of wrong, but I also don't care as much. Yeah, I mean, and you know what people didn't realize? Hum is on that bill. Do you know who Hum is? No. They put out their first record four or five years before Deftones did. Huh. They were around for a while but they broke up in 2007 six uh, so you're saying by teenish jenny asta's logic they should be above deftones is what you're saying because that's yeah that like if that's story. his argument they should yeah. be up. but then again i also see why they're down on i don't care i like no, churches I churches is fucking great gojira is fucking great deftones is fucking great yeah, you should exactly. hum is amazing you know? De Deftones is one of those bands too that bridges the gap. Like they're metal. Yeah, the last time they did that festival, it was mostly like hip hop and stuff, yeah. and it fits. And I think that's something that people need to realize is that not people, uh, Jamie Jasta. <laughs> well, I'm yeah, just kidding. Him like, and people that have that idea or that or that opinion need to realize. He's not wrong though. That's a thing. Like you can really break down both sides of it. And when I read the article, I think I first like Metal Injection or Metal Sucks, whichever one it was. Mm -hmm. um, I read it and I at first I'm like, well, both of the people involved. I don't know her name, the woman from churches. Yeah, I can't remember. I can't remember uh, apologies, but they were both right and they were both wrong. The one thing that Jamie said that I will agree with in that, and the only thing that Jamie said that I will agree with in that, is the very last statement that you can read in his quote, which I don't know exactly off the top of my head. It was something to the extent of like, metal needs to be respected a bit more with bigger festivals and and like sure. that type of stuff and you know and he said something else like you know bill them higher and stuff like that and when it comes to big festivals when you really sit and think about it even local festivals like here in hamilton we have super crawl every september where they mm -hmm. shut down james street and they have local acts from all sorts of things but if you're into the heavier the punk or any of that stuff 
you got to go to the end of the street in a club downstairs you know what i mean yeah, like it's yeah. it's it's tucked out of the way it's there it for you but it's always tucked out of the way remember much loud like they yes. didn't put that on till 11 o'clock at night the fuck's yeah. the matter with that that's kind of where he's coming from i think with that type of statement right. and i can do nothing but agree with that i think in terms of the marketing and all that type of stuff metal does need to be i would like it to be respected a little bit more but when you think about the business side of yeah. the music um i understand why it's in the position that it is yeah it's not awful it's not the 80s anymore when metal was fucking everywhere right like we've come long and far of that but that's also because back then there was no huge knowledge of like type of vocals and stuff <laughs> that and like yeah yeah you know every year there is ibanez isn't putting out two new strings on their guitars and you know trying to make all these people you know i, I think though metal nine string flub city <laughs> it can only get to a point too though because metal has to remain you know i think i would like metal to get super successful too but i think but it like, has to stay on the outer rim that's what i mean in, right in, in order for people that are in the scene now i hear a lot of the time you know like anytime like look at Avenged sevenfold right like mm -hmm. i i loved Avenged sevenfold for so long i still do but they yeah, they're hated by a lot of people because they are you know a little more mainstream a little they are more, very cliche right and but the thing is too um the more mainstream and acceptable you get the less metal you are the less metal you are quotes quote unquote um, yeah yeah so i think not really if that, but people have that mentality that's what i mean like so common. i think if that's the mentality that people as a collective want metal to remain counterculture uh then you can but that's the thing metal has gotten so big nowadays it really is that you can divide all these subgenres yeah. and keep a lot of it counterculture which True. is usually extreme metal yes oh wow pardon me so there's like, you know, you have your Cryptopsies, your Between the Buried and Me's, your Behemoth, big extreme metal acts from various subgenres, microgenres, whatever the fuck you want to call them. The more hyphens that are in your genre description, the less like I am to like you right off the bat. <laughs> Simplify it, man. Yeah, if, if you're the one Let me decide what you sound like. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, like, absolutely. I don't like bands that are like, oh, we're progressive, stoner, jazz, doom, yeah. fuck. Okay, well, why don't you just write some music and I'll say, hey, this kind of sounds like this, and if I dig it, I dig it. Yeah. I think I would like genre. Subgenres have to be there. Everything has to be categorized course, yeah. so you can put everything into a neat little box and put it over here in the corner, and that is just the human condition. Yeah. Blind Guardian and Iron Maiden and, and Behemoth and, you know, uh, fucking Immortal sound nothing like. Really? Well, Blind right. Guardian and oh, Iron Maiden have some overlap. Oh, but, I, got I got tickets to Iron Maiden. No, you Thank didn't. God, oh. my sister. My sister had a fucking... Oh, what did she say? She was going to... She's like, sold her tickets for some reason with the family. Then she got them back. And then Scott, our friend, mutual friend of ours, actually yeah. was like, dude, let's go. That's like around my birthday. Fuck it. I'm like, all right, sick. They put on a hell of a show. And that's exactly my point, too. Yes. You think about when Killers first came out back mm. in the day, which is obviously before our time, so I'm not going to try to talk like I know what happened. But... Sure. Ah, the internet. So, you know, when that came out, it was a little, you know, there's tons of people and even Kiss. Like, yeah. would you put Kiss in the category of metal today? I wouldn't no. put them anywhere fucking near it. No. Right? You know, you know, hard rock, rock, whatever. Right? But when they came out, everybody was like, oh, this is evil, satanic, and yeah. holy shit. And now it's like, yeah, but bro, Cryptopsy, Behemoth, <laughs> yeah. uh, Death, Decapitated, fuck. Tomb Mold. Oh. Have you heard Tomb Mold out of Toronto? I've heard, yeah. Fuck yeah. I'm not going to go too far into that because there's going to be a review of that album going up on the website. But mm. if it's not up already, depending on when this gets released, but fuck yeah, listen to Tumble. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, like there are these subgenres of metal that are going to be always there to push away from that 
from the yeah. center. You know, yeah. if the center of the if the sun in the center of the galaxy is what's mainstream, Metallica's your Avenged Sevenfold. Metallica's right there, Avenged Sevenfold, Iron Maiden, all like all the legends that are still touring, right? Mm-hmm. Even the ones that aren't, like Ozzy and the guys from Pantera, sure. rest in peace, Abbott Brothers. So like, yeah, like these guys are always gonna stay legends and they're gonna get a lot of radio play and they're gonna get a lot of opportunities to tour these big festivals, but our extreme tastes are always going to stay that so you kind of metalheads get the best of both worlds they can have their they can have their feet in both ponds yeah. right you can go to the the budweiser stage in toronto coming up in august i don't know the exact date this is going up way after that anyway this is you're probably hearing this in september or october for fuck's sakes but anyway <laughs> oh yeah this is recorded a while back uh spoiler alert so yeah, I'm like, going to go see them, and they're doing, obviously, a big live show, sure. and they have Eddie come out, and they got these awesome stage effects, and they still sound fucking amazing live yeah. without any doctoring of their sound, yeah. and they're, you know, legends. And then there's other bands out there, like Behemoth is a good example, because they are doing, for the first time, they're, that I remember, at least, um, they're playing with uh, the, the, the Slipknot Roadshow. Volbeat. Oh, really? It's Gojira. I don't know the the order. I want Slipknot's headlining, but they're bringing out Volbeat, Gojira, and Behemoth. Oh my god, dude! I think Behemoth is opening the show. Uh, that would make sense. I think it's Behemoth, Gojira, then Volbeat. They can fuck off. I I, I know people are fans of Volbeat. You can like whatever you like, but personally, Jesus fucking Christ, guys, get it. I'm not gonna tell you what to listen to, but I don't appreciate. I don't really dig the music. That's no. I think it's very, it's fucked. Um. But yeah, like there's all, and that's kind of the thing that we talked about with the churches thing too, right? Like churches and hum and Deftones and Gojira and those are the only bands from that I'm going to mention because nobody else on that bill I know. Sorry. I'm sure they're great bands. I'll get around to checking them out for sure. But for the sake of this conversation, those are the big bands and they're scattered across the bill and it doesn't seem like anybody's putting up a fight. I'd just be happy to play a show. Yeah. And that's, hey, do you want to play with Deftones? Fuck yeah, I do. Yeah. Well, you're going to go on at six in the morning and they're going on at midnight. Okay. Do I get to be in the same room with them for 0.2 seconds and maybe get a whiff of BO? Sick. <laughs> but you know the other thing too is that it's it's on your it's on your CV now. It's on your on your resume. Yep. You know, and that just means you're gonna and hum. How humble are they? Staying that low on the you know yeah. agreeing to go that low on the thing. But like they they broke up. They're older guys. They come back at it. They want to get back in the saddle slowly but surely. Yeah. And churches is great, you know? So, like, there's always yeah. going to be that in metal. There's always going to be the people, the fucking neckbeard dumbasses who are going to stay elitist and are like, metal is soft and, you know, people, metalheads aren't what they used to be and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. It's like, dude, you're 22. Your dad was a bigger metalhead than you are. I guarantee and it. There are pop punk bands out there now that are heavier than classic heavy metal bands. Fuck yeah. Like, it, it's... It's a scale, but it's also an ideology, right? And that's what I like about metal is it's starting to leak in everywhere. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. look at, uh, okay, uh, uh, Adam uh, Darcy from uh, Behemoth, right? Yep. Nurgle or Nagal, whatever mm-hmm. his stage name is, right? I don't know if you're supposed to spell it, pardon me, pronounce it Nurgle or Nurgal, but I've always said Nurgal because it sounds better than Nurgle. It sounds... <laughs> Nurgle sounds like a fucking Teletubby. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. Um, correct me on the pronunciation. Anybody, help me out. Although I'm not going to correct myself. If it's if it's not Nergal, then fuck you, it's Nergal. Anyway, <laughs> um, he has me in that man, right? Yep. Which is a dark, acoustic, country, folky type of thing. Not my cup of tea, but a cup of tea nonetheless, right? I'm not into the me and that man 
record. Yeah, um, not bad. because I'm like, oh, it's supposed to be metal. It's just like, well, I like that kind of music. I just don't particularly like that record. Yeah. Um, you know, it might still grow on me. I haven't, to be honest, I haven't really spun it as much as, you know, other but, stuff. But you know, that that kind of brings back to what we were talking about, about my my stuff that's coming up soon, which is that every everyone has different tastes and you'd be surprised that a lot of metal musicians are um so diverse like i am yeah don't be afraid to spread your wings being a tech death band and a country band who fucking cares put in the work son it's all worth it like i'm doing my acoustic rmb thing then our omar from scattering he's doing rap and he's he's got a a name uh his stage name is mer to check him out and then how is it mer like m-e-r M-E-R. Right on. And he, yeah. He's awesome. And then, and then, you know, Andy's in Voltang, which is like... Fuck yeah. Every time I die, kind of, you know, that style. Uh, aggressive hardcore. And then... Eh, what do you mean, kind of? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love Voltang. They hit the every yeah. time I die nail on the head. And that's I lo- exactly I why I love them. And that's what you need them for in the scene is the aggressive... You know, fuck off shows. Yeah. They're going to they're gonna be... They're going to replace Holly Springs Disaster as the next southern tinged metal post hardcore guys in yeah. Canada. I think I think they have a huge career out of them with that. Uh and then you know, Dervish from Scattering went off to do Cloudy Head, which is like, you know, softer, progressive, like prog rock, mm-hmm. instrumental prog rock. Um so all of us are doing different things, right? And Fahim and Jeff are, you know, they're doing their own thing too. I'm, they're kind of still treading the waters and deciding where they want to go with it, but Take your time to decide. That's, that's the biggest lesson I learned. Like, if you want to be in a band, don't just jump on the first yeah. band that's going to hire you, right? I would rather be in a band with people that I know are awesome mm. but aren't great at their instruments and then take our time to learn than have somebody in a band who's, a, like, say, like the next best fucking drummer, but he's a total prick. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Because at the end of the day, you're only going to be playing music with that guy for, what, 20 minutes during a set? If you're a young band, maybe 30 minutes as an opener, mm. then you're just dealing with his personality yeah. or her personality. I should, you know, so like I would much rather, and that little, that little nugget of knowledge came from, uh, uh, an old pal of mine, uh, from Guelph, uh, Derek Prince Cox, D walk. He's better known by from, uh, Horizon Ruin. He's mm. got the, the walk show podcast. Uh, pretty awesome. You should all go check that out. He's wicked. He had me years and years ago. He called me up one day or texted me or whatever the fuck. And he's like, hey, do you want to, I'm, I'm, I'm doing this new band. Do you want to come out and try out for vocals? And I'm like, are you fucking mental? <laughs> Never once in my life have I considered being a vocalist or practiced or anything like that. And he goes, yeah, so I'd rather have someone in the band who I know is a rad person mm-hmm. and that we can train and work together. Even if you're very ill-experienced, then hire some ace guy who's a fucking idiot. Right. Right? Obviously, the sweet spot is in between. Yes. You know, you don't... I did not get the job. That's no big fucking secret, right? But I learned so much and I had a blast. And that little nugget of knowledge I've carried with me for a very long time. And and I think you see the results of not doing that when you take bands on tour uh, or when you... When I see a band play live, I can almost... Maybe this is just me thinking I know more than I do, but I probably don't fucking jack shit. Um, I can kind of tell who's a salary musician on the stage and who's... You know what I mean? Like yep. you, you can kind of get a feel for that for a lot of bands. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's something that you can't um, you can't quantify it. But there's the no time brotherhood. There's no like yeah. when you have a like the Henry Rollins band. Mm-hmm. That you know Henry Rollins is a legend. He's one of my favorite humans on the earth, and he uh, he uh, 
uh, you know, that Rollins band was like salary band members and they're all friends and all that. But instead of like, let's start this band and, you know, we'll grow into this together as people. It's like, I'm just going to hire you to be in my band yeah. because you look like you have a good resume. A lot of the times that happens and it builds amazing relationships, but, you know, you also have to take a bit of precaution, right? I'd interview someone as a person before I'd interview them as a musician. If I was yeah. in a band and I wanted to join in, I play bass, I fucking suck. So let's not pretend that I'm, this is how I should think it. You know, it's just me personally, I'd rather deal with someone who's awesome, who might take a little bit of extra time with their instrument for the music than someone who can nail it. But you know, they're a, because ultimately you're spending all pricks, right? you're going to be you, once you go on tour you're spending your life with that person for that next month or that next couple weeks mm -hmm. uh, not just like you said the 20 minutes on stage uh, so I think and I've been on tours before it's very easy to get like depressed yeah. and cranky with being stuck in a fucking van that even, smells like farts and piss all day even with people you love man. And like, if some, I, exactly if somebody's already a prick yeah. and then the stress of tour hits them then that's when you have a Randy Blythe, Mark Morton fist fight in mm. Philadelphia. <laughs> and you're not always going to end up with a song like Redneck. <laughs> you know? That's a great song. No, no, no. I'm saying, you know, that, exactly. it kind yeah, of, it kind of something him, nice right? for them. Kind of, sort of, supposed to be hinting at that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, you got a lot going on from, from metalcore upbringings to acoustic and tech death stuff and r&b you're a better r&b singer than a metal singer i'm just gonna say that <laughs> and i know i've said that to you before you're not a bad metal singer whatsoever you can accomplish whatever you put your mind to but Thank i mean you, you got that arm i'm glad last scattering you know uh, really lit that fire under your ass to push yourself because you ended up coming out of that like being in this techie deathy proggy whatever band um made you like a better r&b singer yeah, and these are the things people might not realize. And it's also a lot on you, too. Like, yeah. that's not going to be for everybody because not everybody likes R&B. But I guess I never thought of that, though. That's interesting, yeah. And I think you're right because the having to learn how to sing a set for an hour of last scattering music, like, really forced me to not suck and pick up my shit because my technique was not good before the scattering. So I think you're right. I think I came out of it more comfortable singing the other styles that I like. Yeah. Yeah. Say yes to whatever opportunity you, you feel com you feel not even comfortable with, even uncomfortable with. Like when I went and did that vocal thing yeah. with D-Walk, I was like laughing when I was walking down. I'm like, this guy's at a – is he fucking drunk? Like why is he calling – he's a great guy, great friend, but like he knows as well as I do I've never had the desire to be that. But it was just, you know what? I'm going to take a chance. I'm yeah. going to I'm gonna have as many of my buddies come out here as possible. I ran into our other friend Nick uh, when I was just around the corner from their jam space. Okay. I'm like, oh, hey, buddy, what's going on? He's like, oh, I'm just coming from the jam hall. I was trying out it. I'm like, oh, that's what I'm going to go do. Cool. <laughs> you're better than me, so don't worry. <laughs> and when I said I was doing that, he's like, you're doing that? I'm like, yeah, I know, right? Yep. He asked. I'm going. Yeah, man, no, I... I <laughs> wrote some lyrics. I tried. I got some really good, uh, you know, he taught me about, you know, this is your like your body when you're singing. This is your amp. This is your volume. And like yep. how to, how to co-foculate that. Go fuck you later. No, man, it's, yeah, I think you're right. I got took an opportunity to try out for a band called uh, Life Before Last here in Hamilton. Those guys are amazing. Um, and that really kicked my ass and told me what I was doing wrong with mm -hmm. vocals. Uh, so I'm glad that that opportunity came around. Um, but yeah, it's just an example of accepting any offers you kind of get that fit your mold, you know? Yeah. Um, Yeah, anything, any, even what doesn't fit your mold, like branch out there. Well, I mean, yeah. You'd be surprised, like, 
how many people you didn't know were super into metal. What's that band? I just saw them play on uh, uh, the Colbert's the Colbert or not the Colbert Report. What the fuck's his re- his new show called? The know. Late Night. Whatever. I just still call it the Colbert Report because I'm an idiot. Yeah. Uh, the Mountain Goats. Okay. A band that's been around for some time that I've never really heard of because mm. I've mostly been listening to heavier stuff and they're not heavier stuff. And I watched it and the fucking singers were in an Inter Arma shirt. Shit. And I'm like, what? And sure enough, not that long after that aired, that article was up on like metal injection and <laughs> shit. And it turns out I just was watching the show and they happened to be the musical guest. I'm like, I don't know who this is. And they came on and they're actually pretty good. They did a song called uh, Sicilian Crest. Okay. Uh, which is the last song off of one of their newer albums, In League with Dragons. Okay. I have no idea who these guys are, but that song was great. Um, really did. You like an indie rock type of vibe and they're all... They look like they're all like 40 some odd, you know, 50 some odd year old men. Sure. But this guy was in like a death metal band in high school. And he even wrote the, uh, the, the, uh, what do you call it? The intro or the press release for Inter Arm's newest record. Oh shit. But he's in this like little upbeat indie rock band who you wouldn't think in any way, shape or form is related to extreme metal, but it is. And these are the it. things that I want. You know, that I really love about the metal community yeah. is nobody. I mean, there are some elitists who really like to stick to what they like, mm. and that's okay. But metal, I think, more than any other genre, accepts every other genre and every other possibility. It's like that Einstein quote. Um, what is it? Imagination is more important than knowledge because imagination embraces all we could know and understand where knowledge is only all we do know and understand or something to that extent. And that's kind of what metal is like. Metal is just like, Hey, we can do whatever we want in this genre because nobody's really setting the rules or expecting anything out of this. Nobody wants this big extreme metal act, like say Cryptopsy. We keep mentioning them, but they're, Hey, they're fucking great. Uh, they're not going to be on, you know, headlining a festival stage for all these other common bands and shit like that. So luckily we have in the metal community, all these people who are like, I can get away with, you know, where's all the good artists going? I think it was, I think it was Steven Wilson uh, from Mm. Porcupine Tree fame who said something to the extent of like, I couldn't find out where all the good musicians were going. And then I found uh, extreme metal. Yeah. And that's what got him into Opeth and like he did yeah. some of their albums. And he's like, oh, these are where they're going because this is where they can spread their wings. And he also right. just gave a shout out to Kendrick Lamar and stuff too in an interview. He was saying Kendrick Lamar is great. Yeah, he was saying a lot of the in- innovation is going in hip-hop music too. Yeah, which big I would, time. I wouldn't disagree with. But it, it, I really like what's going on with modern hip-hop. I do too. I really do. And it, it kind of calls back to like even other pop music. Like uh, Demi Lovato is a big fan of like – uh, what was it? Abigail Williams, I think, is a band she used to like. Oh, shit, yeah. And then Rihanna's favorite band, apparently, is Slipknot. And Margot Robbie from fucking Wolf of Wall Street, her favorite band was like Bullet for My Valentine. So it's like. Margot Wall. Yeah. What? Who? Margot Robbie. The... Oh, from Wolf of Wall oh, Yeah. She was in Wolf of Wall Street? Yeah, she was, she was Leonardo DiCaprio's wife. The second one. The one that he cheated on his first wife with. Spoiler alert! For those who haven't seen that amazing movie. Oh, fuck. At this point, if you haven't seen it, I don't even feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. No, it's a great movie. I just didn't realize she was in it. Yeah. Um, oh, have you not seen it? I have. Oh, okay, good. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's, yeah, an example of that, basically. It's metal is everywhere. And yeah. Metal lets you spread your wings and do whatever you want. It's true. Right? You want to be in a three-guitar band and one guitar is acoustic? Fucking give her. Metal will let you. Yeah. Nail Blue Viscaris with their violin? Fuck Oh man, they're great. Yeah, they're great. All right. 
So we're almost at the end of this interview, buddy. I know you got some uh, some stuff on your schedule to go to, busy, busy man. Um, you want to wrap it up, do some plugs for all sure. your, your links and your socials and get all these lovely people out there on the internet, uh, yeah. your, your stuff. So uh, basically what I got going on now, I have my YouTube channel, which is Anthony Fernando Music. Uh, Instagram is at Anthony Fernando, same with Facebook. Uh, and then I got my EP coming out at the end of the summer called Reveries. Yeah. Um, pretty stoked about that one. Uh, but that's basically all I've got going on right now, those three. And then, uh, yeah, and then... Reveries is like a self-release, self-produced, you know. Yeah, acoustic pop, R&B kind of mixture. And then I think that's all I'm going to hint on for now. There's some other stuff under wraps too. Ooh, I know what they are too. <laughs> I'm putting that under my hat. We'll talk about that another day. Yeah. Um, some exciting stuff on the home front coming in from Hamilton's Anthony Fernando. This is us signing off. Anthony Fernando and Will for Cerebral Secretion. Thanks for having me, buddy. Just keep open-minded, buddies. Everyone out there, I hope you love it. See you guys. Peace.